Hello and welcome back to University Radio Bath. This is SU Officer Election Week. We are joined by Jack. Um, he's currently running for SU President. How are you, Jack? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me here today. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for coming. Um, how's the campaign going so far? Obviously, it's the first day, first proper day. Um, yeah, how's it going? How are you finding it? Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying the process. Uh, I'm very grateful all the time for all the work my campaign team are putting in. That's mm. really what makes it fun. It would be uh, sad to do it on my own. Um, so I'm very glad <laughs> I've got them. And uh, yeah, at the moment, it's going pretty well. And uh, we're pretty happy with uh, all the progress. Sweet. Um, so can you summarise your manifesto? Um, in summary, um, how big do you want this summary? Um, I'll give it, I'll give it like a minute or so, like as minute, long okay. as you want. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just so brief, briefly summarise your manifesto. Yeah. Very briefly, my manifesto um, has been distilled from many conversations with individuals, and the feedback I got from them was that the cost of living, the direction it's heading, is sending university into a direction where it's becoming more and more unaffordable for people from you know, widening participation backgrounds, but also from people who don't qualify for the sort of support which I've received at university, mm. but are still struggling because their parents' wages are not going up by as much and accommodation's going up 7% next year. So I'm just trying to tackle this problem, which is a macroeconomic problem, uh, in whatever, using whatever powers the SU has, essentially. So I'm, I'm looking at ways uh, to reduce uh, the, the bus expenditures, even though I know those are going up next year, accommodation, uh, food on campus, uh, all these little things. We need to find savings where we can, and that's what I've tried to do. Sweet. Yeah, so obviously you just briefly explained your manifesto. We're going to ask a few more questions, deep dive into the manifesto. Uh, don't worry, it's not. I'm not Jeremy Paxman. It's fine. Like, <laughs> It's just chill. I think for, for us, we just want to put light on the manifesto, make sure it's clearer to all yeah, students. Course, yeah. So yeah. I think it's only beneficial to everyone. So firstly, um, this is one more about... This is one just like asking for more explanation. Um, so in terms of the cost of living crisis, which you just mentioned... Um, could you explain, um, you say you want to replace the task and, fa uh, task and finish groups. Uh, could you explain what they are, what it is, and why they need replacing? So this was actually, uh, this bullet point was formed in a discussion with Cassie Wilson, who's, a, uh, who's the pro-vice-chancellor for student experience here. Okay. And she was commenting on things the SU could be doing. And task and finish groups, for those who don't know, I didn't know until, until this conversation, but they are... Um, short-term committee-like bodies which take a problem the university has and try and solve it over the course of three or four weeks, three, three or four months, sorry, and uh, get a solution deployed by then. And I've taken the view, um, I, I think most people do, to be fair, that the cost of living crisis and the economic situation in the country is not going away in three or four months, and I would like to see the, the SU take that view as well. Uh, and put it into practice by putting a permanent committee dedicated to finding whatever ways they can to reducing the cost of living. Mm. Sweet, good answer. Um, so in terms of an NUS election, um, <clears throat> will you take a stance on it um, and why is it a priority for you? So the main priority um, with that point in my manifesto is that the SU failed to get enough voices into the election for it to be considered a valid vote, which I think was the main alarm bell there. Um, I don't think there's much awareness in the student body that 2.5% of the SU's budget goes towards the membership. Um, I didn't know that until I did the research. Um, wow. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Um, oh, to put, well, 
just throwing numbers here, um, 1.5% of the university's budget goes to the SU, and then 2.5% of that goes to the NUS. So when you, when you break it down, it's actually not a lot. No. Like when, in, the, in terms of how many people's tuition fees, for mm. example, if you did it in multiples of that. But I think that for what we get back from it, is it, is it enough? The students haven't been informed on what they do enough to make that decision, and that's something we need to look towards doing. I personally wouldn't take a side. I would commit to presenting both sides of the argument and letting as many students as possible get their views. Yeah, so obviously, talk about referendums, it wouldn't be a question session if we didn't talk about strikes, obviously so uh, relevant at the moment. Um, you said in your manifesto that you want to... Uh, put more light on a method for claiming back tuition fees um, for lost uh, hours. Um, is there a method? Yeah, so so many people have asked that. Um, I, I, you may you may be aware I'm on the summit committee uh, for the university, so I, I've discussed this with them actually at um, our meeting last semester, and essentially it came up, and it seems that you can claim back these fees if there is evidence that you have uh, not achieved your learning outcomes as a result of strikes. Mm. Now, that's very hard to prove, and it doesn't happen often, um, but it can happen. Um, people need to know that it can happen, and we need to provide some sort of framework to inform people of what they are entitled to. I think it's happened maybe once or twice in, in living memory at this university. Yeah. So it's not a lot, and I'm not saying that people will get their money back, but the fact that you're asking the question is there a way to do it? Sort of makes me think that we've failed in a certain way to, to get yeah. you informed. Yeah, no, I honestly have never heard of it. So, yeah, I think even you just putting in your manifesto is pretty, like, yeah. already started doing one of your points. Glad I could help. <laughs> um, so you talked about transport um, and said to keep transport within the SU top 10. Um, can you explain what the SU top 10 is um, and why you think transport is so important? Yeah, so um, the SU um, uh, officers have a list of 10 priorities uh, which they focus on or they, you know, they really campaign heavily for. Um, and transport is in, the, in it currently, and I'll commit to keeping it in there uh, because it is an issue that affects students literally every day they want to go to university or want to go anywhere, uh, so pretty much every day. Um, and so it does need to be in there. It does need to be a focus. And by it being in the top 10, um, Cassie Wilson also mentioned this to me, she won't mind me saying, that um, it gives them more leverage over first bus if they know that our priority is set towards that. So just the presence of it being in a top 10 adds more weight to things like lobbying when you're in conversations with first bus, etc. Hmm. So that's something we need to, we need to do. So um, you, got a, you didn't get much stick for it, but you definitely got a few comments about your bike initiative. Um, I want in the president uh, in the presidential questions earlier. Um, so I, all I want to know is what's the main drive for this? Is it climate? Is it health? Or is it economics? I would I would say you could say all three and add in inclusivity. Okay. Because um, when you when you obviously now I wrote this and I explained this in in the questions to candidates. Hopefully you heard my response um, that I have considered that most people in the university will not be cycling up Whitcomb Hill or Bathwick Hill and that's not my idea of mm. a utopia I don't want people to, to feel they have to try and do that to save money but um, from people who can't afford the down payment for a bike which is more than a bus ticket or if you were to just slowly buy bus tickets every day 
they don't have that option. Mm. Um, and I want to make sure that everyone is aware of safe cycle routes, uh, has access to a bike or an electric bike would be even better. That's what we can explore because I've been cycling up Whitcomb Hill before and I've had um, elderly people whiz past me on these <laughs> electric bikes. It's, it's quite demoralizing actually. Um, so I'd like to get those into the hands of people who need them. Um, we need to do it in a safe way um, and we need to get these um, initiatives accessible to as many people as possible and that's, that's not going to uh, impact the lives of more than 1% of the student yeah. body. I realise that. And we're looking at other ways with the disability action group to, to try and get more broader transport solutions for everyone. But that's just one thing which I think I have some expertise in and would be able to offer some unique guidance for the SU. In terms of the safe routes, would that be something that you come up with or would it be something you work with like the council, like the local police? Is there, is there like a framework that you want to be working with in terms of like setting up a safe um, network or is it just solely in your opinion? So it would have to be within um, conversations with the council. Um, there are routes which involve less traffic and there are routes which involve um, less steep declines. Mm -hmm. um, and we need, to, we need to look at those and we need to present the information as it is and also raise awareness as, that there is a danger when you're cycling down the hill or indeed up it. Yeah. Um, and all we can do is provide the guidance and the safety equipment and um, let students make their own informed decisions. Brilliant. Um, so your manifesto is very full, very jam-packed. Um, do you think you've promised too much? I don't think I've promised enough, actually. <laughs> I am sad that the limit was 500 words, although I do realise that had it been 1,000 or 10,000, people wouldn't read it. Um, but I hit 499 words in my manifesto, and I think that everything I've written down um, truly is achievable. I've not promised to lower rents. I've not promised to lower bus tickets because I know we have very limited control over that. Um, but what I have put down, I think, is ambitious. It is achievable. And there is a lot more in my head somewhere. Um, but it's all along the same principles of promoting inclusivity and tackling the cost of living. Yeah. So just lastly, you've had a chance to read everyone's manifesto. You've had a chance to list, listen to them in the questions of candidates. Is there anything that someone else has particularly said that you really like that you wish you'd maybe put in your own uh, manifesto? Uh, I really liked, um, actually, this, this caught me off guard, really, but I was reading G's manifesto and I thought uh, her, her um, comment about improving student pad could be really useful. Mm. And I think that is something that I would take on. Um, there were many good points across all the manifestos and I think that everyone's got really good reasons for everything they're doing um, so yeah I think um, just reading them getting ideas being open to discussion is something that I'm very passionate about as well um, so yeah just to pick one I'd, I'd say I'd also improve student pad brilliant thank you very much for joining us um, we wish you the best of luck and we hope the whole campaign goes alright it's not too exhausting for yourself thank you very much <laughs> if you've um, enjoyed listening to that then we've got more election coverage to come um, voting opens are tomorrow at 9 o'clock and closes at 5 o'clock on Thursday and the results out on Friday at 4 o'clock in the evening thank you very much Jack for that uh, good luck and we wish you all the best <laughs>